All right, here we go. Final score podcast, first week of November. It's, it's, it's playoff season uh, here in Frederick County. Uh, lots to talk about uh, with uh, News Post sports writer John Cannon coming up in just a second. Uh, but uh, coming up on this week's edition of the podcast, uh, we'll have Mount St. Mary's men's basketball coach Dan Engelstad and uh, one of his uh, senior players, uh, Nana Apoku, on this week's podcast. Uh, the Mountaineers are the uh, defending uh, Northeast Conference champions. Uh, looking to get back to the NCAA tournament uh, uh, this season. Uh, they, they open next week against Villanova. So we'll talk to uh, Dan and Nana about all of that and uh, just their ex- expectations uh, for the coming season. Uh, but first, uh, John Cannon is here to talk about playoffs. And, uh, John, uh, we're uh, get, getting re- ready to head into the um, regional uh championship round in some rounds the state quarterfinal round uh for some other sports and uh just a, a, a lot going on right now uh fo- football uh is getting underway with with with, it, with its first round in, and uh we'll, we'll start there it's sort of an unusual situation for football because Ligonor that <laughs> doesn't have a game this week despite the fact that they have the best record uh they play in the 3a west um which only has seven teams so you can't match everyone up. So Ligonor has a first round bye. Uh, we believe it's maybe the first time that's ever happened. It's just a weird situation. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I've been here since 92 and it never happened that, that I remember. You know, and, and the debate it always is, and it comes up in the NFL where they have buys, is, is it advantageous or does it hurt you? And, you know, you get arguments on both sides. Yeah, uh, 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 other playoff uh, matchups in uh, football, Oakdale, uh will play at Rockville in the 3A West, uh, and the winner of that will play Ligonor next week. So Ligonor is either going to play Oak, Oakdale, uh, a team they had a wild game with um, at, at the end of September, 54-53 in overtime was the final in that one. Uh, so you could have an Oakdale-Ligonor rematch uh, next week, or uh, or uh, Ligonor will play uh, Rockville. A, a couple of local matchups in the playoffs uh, – in the 4A, 3A West, which is one of these new regions that was formed uh, due to this COVID year playoff expansion where everyone makes it, um, Urbana is going to host uh, Tuscarora. Uh, and also in, in, in the 1A North, I believe, uh, Bruns- Brunswick is going to host Catoctin. And that's sort of an interesting game there too, John, because in this uh, uh final week of the regular season that was pushed back to Saturday largely due to weather. Catoctin, they got they got their first win of the season over Brunswick. Uh, a, a bit of a surprising result there because Brunswick had been playing really well. They had won five in a row, but they uh, railroaders close the regular season with three straight losses, and one of those was to Catoctin, w- w- which which played a great game on both sides of the ball and, and, and got their first win. Uh, and it's sort of unusual that a one-win team is uh, – in the playoffs, but but here we are, and and Catoctin comes in with a little bit of momentum too. Yeah, yeah, and the um, and of course that game's at Brunswick, so I mean, you know, it's a can they beat them twice in a row? That's what a, kind of a hard ta- a tall task. Right. Uh, also in the four A three A West, uh, TJ will play um, at Mount Hebron. Uh, TJ seated number seven in that region uh, will play at number two seed Mount Hebron. Uh, Class 2A West, um, Middletown um, will host uh, uh, Hammond. Uh, Middletown's the three seed, Hammond the six seed. And uh, Walkersville will um, host Poolsville uh, in a 4-5 matchup in that region. 
Uh, the teams played last Thursday, a bit of a surprising result. Not that Middletown won, but it was, it was a really lopsided game. Uh, Middletown won that game 37 nothing last week. So Walkersville, which had, had been playing relatively well up to that point, they, it was just a surprisingly flat performance that week from the Lions. Yeah, and of course, playing on Thursday, they get a little bit, not a bye, but they get that little extra time to practice as well uh, heading into the playoffs, so, yeah, a few extra days. Right, uh, and, and Fre- Frederick High, uh, their their highest seed since two thousand and three, I I I, I want to say the Cadets, the number two seed in that in that three A West region with Ligonier, uh, they will host uh, North Hagerstown, um, and for Frederick High uh, wins that they they could play Damascus the following week and then then, then maybe they would have a rematch with Ligonier. Uh, Ligonier uh, beat them twenty eight uh, uh, fourteen a couple of weeks ago, so. Um, lots of interesting uh, uh, matchups uh, for football. Uh, the first round gets underway this week, and we're a little far along in the in the playoffs and some other sports. Uh, down to um, uh, four soccer teams left as we record this. John uh, Brunswick boys, Brunswick girls, both in the state quarterfinals, as well as the uh, Tuscarora boys. Not surprising, un- undefeated our best boys team all season long. And uh, the Oakdale girls uh, knocked the Tuscarora girls off, uh, handed them their first loss in a, in a crazy playoff, playoff game on uh, Tuesday of this week. Uh, w- went, went to overtime, a scoreless tie. Um, Oakdale's uh, Gwen Ladd uh, gets a little space. She sends a cross into the box, and, and the ball winds up going off the back of a, a, a Reagan plate, um, 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 the Oakdale player, and in, into the goal, and that ends. Uh, Tuscarora is really uh, their awesome season. Um, undefeated going into the game. Um, uh, had a huge uh, scoring margin that wound up being 65-5, to five, I think, for the season. 65 goals scored, five against. So just just an awesome season for the Tuscarora girls, but, but a really heartbreaking uh, way uh, for it to end, but but Oakdale had played them tough all season. Uh, when when they met a couple weeks ago at Oakdale, uh, the game finished in a scoreless tie. So mm-hmm. so Oak, Oakdale went into that game believing that they could give Tuscarora a game, and they sure did. And and after uh, 180 minutes of scoreless soccer between the teams, uh, Oakdale found a way to score, and and, and they advance. Uh, <clears throat> to the state um, quarterfinals. And, and Oakdale also beat Linganore before that, who they had lost to during the regular season as well. Is that correct? Uh, yes. In the playoffs. Yes. So that, I mean, they're, they're, uh, they're one of those types of dangerous teams. Uh, two, real, two, uh, two really good wins, and, and they, they have lots of players uh, that, that um, uh, they could score. Hannah Claggett uh, is, is, their, is their striker and, and one of the top scorers in the county. She's very dangerous, but, but they have other players that can do it as well. And, and, uh, and Oakdale's long been a very good de- defensive team uh, uh, in, in, in girls soccer so they they defend really well and, and, and they're tough now they're playing in 3a they've been a 2a school for, for, for a long time up until this point and now they're in 3a so they're they're gonna maybe face a bunch of teams they haven't played before but but um, hey if you if you could be Tuscarora and you can come through um, this tough region in this tough county uh, you're in you're in line to potentially win. A state title and and Tuscarora boys um, uh, again no surprise there. Um, I, the soccer draw for the quarterfinals hasn't come out quite yet, so we don't know who these teams are playing. Mm-hmm. 
and, and then both the Brunswick uh, teams, um, who in Class 1A, you, you would give a real shot to be competitive, given the schedule they face uh, with it within the county here. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll find out who they play, too. Um, field hockey um, have uh, 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 three um, uh, regional champs. Walkersville uh, beats Ligonor uh, to win their first regional title in field hockey. That was an overtime game, 2-1. to one. Uh, Urbana, uh, our best team in, in, in a state power in recent years, not surprisingly, uh, shut out Clarksburg 5 nothing to win the 4A West Region 2 championship. And then, uh, John, you saw you, you saw a field hockey championship game today where, uh, where Tuscarora, uh, they, they pulled out an overtime win uh, over, over Frederick in what seemed like a really competitive game. Yeah, first overtime game of the year for Tuscarora, and they, uh, they only took them a couple minutes in overtime, and they pulled it out. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're uh, first regional title for them as well. They've had some good seasons um, in the past, you know, like nearly two th- earlier in the 2000s or 2010s, but now they, uh, they, they win the region. Right. Uh, so three, uh, four soccer teams still going, three field hockey teams still going, football players underway. Uh, cross country, uh, the regional meets are this week, and then states will be next week. Uh, volleyball uh, gets underway um, uh, at, at the end of this week. So uh, really in full swing in the high school football playoffs, and, and, and we're getting close um, to that um, state championship round in a couple of these sports, and it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. John, thanks for coming in, as mm-hmm. always. And uh, when we come back, uh, Dan Engelstad and uh, Nana Apoku of Mount Men's Basketball. Stay tuned, everyone. Next Tuesday night, Mount St. Mary's opens its men's basketball season at Villanova. The teams met in 2017 in the NCAA tournament. The Mount gave top-seeded Villanova a great half before falling by 20 in the uh, second round of the tournament. Uh, Last season, the Mountaineers were back in the NCAA tournament where they fell to Texas Southern in a first four game at Assembly Hall in Bloomington. They hope to get back to the NCAA tournament this season by defending their Northeast Conference Championship. Joining us now on the Final Score podcast are the coach of the Mountaineers, Dan Engelstad, entering his fourth season on the job, and redshirt senior forward, Nana Apoku. Welcome to you both, gentlemen. Thanks, Greg. Great to be here. Thank you. Thank you. What was the most memorable part of that experience last year, Dan? The most memorable part for me will be seeing the guys cut down the nets, like just going through the the craziness that last year was. Um, To see them cut down the nets, to uh, come back to campus and be greeted by their peers, to be greeted by the community of Emmitsburg, and to be, you know, greeted by you know the president of our university and the community. Uh, that was something I'll never forget uh, because it was a it was a crazy season and, and to come out uh, you know winning uh, NEC conference championship a goal of go- ours a collective goal that we've had from um, you know the first day that we started here uh, to see um, our guys achieve that 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 goal was pretty special. How about for you, Nana? I'd say definitely when it started to click later on in the season because we had faced a lot of adversity with this team and like. It was like it just seems like the odds were against us, and we were just the underdog everywhere we went. And just like seeing it, seeing us come together, and finally making that push to get, be able to cut down those nets, really like, really is something special that I won't never forget. The, the COVID year, though, did, did it make it strange? Was it sort of a bummer not to being able to play in front of the full fans and just full arenas and stuff like that? Just different, right? I mean, we the preparation was different. 
Um, we, we played teams on back-to-backs, and that was something unique. So, you know, you, you win a game, you got to turn around, and you got to play another one the next time. And, you know, even going through the, the championship game, you know what's at stake. You know what's on ESPN2. Uh, you know, you're chasing a dream and a goal. Uh, but just go even going through warm-ups and going through uh, the starting lineups, it just was so different with no crowd being behind it. And, um, you know, it, it didn't make it any less – important but it was just way different and having been on the other side of uh winning a championship with a crowd and um it's just a much different experience as players not how would you guys deal with that the COVID year it was definitely something like new like a different type of experience and i just feel like for us it was just a matter of like we know what the job is at hand we know we don't got like the sound of the fans or the people cheering in the crowd so like we knew we had to bring our own sound and our own energy to these games to be able to do what we needed to do but it's not just that. I mean, you're getting tested every day. You're trying not to catch it because one one guy. I mean, you guys dealt with it with with with, with a couple of of, of issues uh, with COVID. I mean, it's just like it was just a daily grind, wasn't it? Like you never know what each day is going to bring, right? It was. It was like a wild card, and each day you didn't know what it was going to bring. It's like a, it was just a surprise. You yeah, just, like who's available to play, who's not. I mean, yeah. it, it, everything could change uh, so quickly last year. Uh, Dan, what do you hope your guys take away from that experience? Well, just for their lives, just the perseverance from it, right? There was uh, a lot of setbacks. There was ups and downs. We had, we dealt with a lot of uh, different adversity, and they stuck with it. And Nana talked about it being able to click, but that's that's a testament to character. You know, our, our guys were resilient, and and that's the type of resiliency that I hope they carry with them throughout their lives, and they're able to go through the ups and downs of life and be able to, you know, understand that you just keep working, you keep trusting your process, you keep getting better, and our team got better, our players got better, and they believed. And, um, you know, they ultimately, you know, are now champions for life from achieving that. But um, just the ability to handle adversity, uh, it wasn't linear. It, it never will be. Uh, but they um, they really did an amazing job of sticking with it. What, what, what's your takeaway, Nana? Um, my takeaway was just um, guys, like what Dan said, being resilient, guys being tough, like, character like and just togetherness like that unity that we needed to have going through times where it's like you don't even know if you're gonna be able to play the next game you don't even know if like your teammates gonna be healthy like you just don't know and just having that trust with each other having that faith to be able to persevere through it all yeah well what's the hardest part dan about winning a championship doing what you guys did last year the hardest part um was just because when it got bad, it was tough, right? You know, you, you, the, the toughest part was when it's not going well, usually you have a family member to greet you at the game. Usually you have someone to talk to. Usually you can lean on your teammates. Um, you know, last year you didn't have that. You, weren't, you, you couldn't just go have a meal with your parents to have them pick you up. You couldn't, you know, see your family at the end of the game. Um, you know, you, you lose a game, it gets more – um, heightened because you're going back to your dorm and you're being told not to even be close to anybody at this point. Um, so it was there was a lot of um, challenges that it presented, um, not just from a basketball standpoint, but from a personal and emotional standpoint. It's the toughest part, Nana, of, of winning a championship. Uh, just just getting there, really, because like with the how the seating was for that conference, it was like you only know the top four get in, and just being able to get into that top four was hard within itself. And then going on the road to win both games, because we know winning on the road is a difficult task to do. 
Yeah, I mean, and just the scheduling was different. You're playing back-to-back games. You're playing games on different days than you're used to. It wasn't the normal Thursday-Saturday conference routine. So just everything was just different last year, and, and, and you guys were able to handle it uh, really well. Uh, you're from Woodbridge, Virginia, not, 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 not too far away from here. T- tell us how you wound up coming to the Mount. Uh, the Mount gate was like a family environment. Like the coaching staff here really made me feel at home, even though I was a couple miles away. Like I knew I was going to be a different state, and just like I felt comfortable here. Like I felt wanted. Like I was needed. Like they wanted me to be a part of something bigger than myself. Had you ever heard of Mount St. Mary's before? Before you before they started talking to you? I did not. No. Yeah. <laughs> and what was your first impression of this place when you when you came up here? A, a small little campus, uh, sort of in the middle of nowhere, right? <laughs> My first impression, I was like, where am I? I was like, <laughs> like I've never seen like a school like on a mountain or like even been remotely close to a mountain because I've been around the city my whole life. Right. So, so what made you want to stay? Why did you know this was the place for you? Like just the environment here, like the community, the people that was so welcoming, like having open arms, my teammates just being able to lean on them and talk to them all the time. And it was just like I wanted to try different experiences instead of being in the city all the time. Well, where do, where do you think you've grown the most? What 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 areas have you grown the most as a person and a player during your time here? As a person, I feel like mentally I've definitely grown to into a degree. My maturity, my ability to be a leader for this team, and just as a player, I think my assertiveness, my aggression, and just overall being a better defender, because that's what we preach here. Yeah, I, I mean, you take a lot of pride in in the defensive end, almost almost as much as playing offense, right? I'd say a little bit more defense than offense. Yeah, to be that, 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 that's what I'm saying. Like, like you, you get you derive a, a lot of energy from that end of the floor. You provide a lot of energy uh, uh, on that end of the floor too. And it seems like you just when you make a great defensive play, it's just as good as making a basket, right? It is. It is. It definitely gets me going. Definitely gets me moving. Just because, like, I know I'm like, I gotta get this stop. I'm stopping this dude. Like, because like I take I take pride in making sure that my matchup is not is not outplaying me on the offensive side and I just know like being able to shut him down helps our team right I I love your backstory too because your parents are from 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 Ghana right correct yes. yeah and, and they were they both played soccer growing up uh just my father he played soccer he, he played father but your parents aren't you're you're, you're six nine you're, yeah your you're, your parents aren't anywhere close to your how, how tall are your parents about five five honestly if you, that <laughs> If it, it, so, so, so how how did you get to be six nine? Is there height in your family, or or how did this happen? <laughs> Honestly, my father said his his father was like six five. My mother's like grandfather his I was like six three. So it was like, yeah, there was a little bit of height, but then. I don't know where six nine came from. So honestly, I think it's just a blessing. Yeah, are you the tallest member of your family? Yes. Yeah, you, you yeah. are. So, so there is height in your family, but but your parents uh, didn't get didn't get the the height the height gene uh, uh, very clearly. So, uh, Dan, what makes uh, Nana such a special player? Well, he's really uh, developed into a really well-rounded player. I know he was talking about his defense and. For us last year, him becoming Defensive Player of the Year uh, was a great reward um, and well-deserved recognition. Um, and, you know, I know he was really proud of himself, but our staff was really proud of him because he does take a lot of pride in it. He takes a lot of pride in his matchups. He takes a lot of pride on being able to uh, help his teammates out with help side defense. And um, he, he worked his way into being the elite player in our league defensively. Um, you know, I, I, 
he is a well-rounded player right now, and he's playing at a really high clip. His offensive game, his feel, his touch around the basket, um, I think is um, underrated, and I, I think he's going to be able to showcase that even more in his in his senior season. Um, but what makes Nana special is his um, ability to uh, want to get better every year, you know, or find something to improve upon, and. Um, he carries that out over and, and, it, and it shows and um, you know every year that he's been here uh, he's improved and um, I think he's just starting to scratch the surface with how good of a basketball player you know he's going to be and uh, I think he's going to be playing basketball for a long time right and he has a tendency to make some some real highlight real plays that could really energize your guys that it, it seems on both ends of the floor I, I, I've seen him make some spectacular dunks I've seen him with some block shots and those big plays they really get your guys going don't they yeah, he can change momentum in a, in a heartbeat you know with a big block a, a big dunk and uh, I think having crowds this year it's going to even more it's going to help our team you know we're going to be feed off that and he's going to He's going to make some plays that, you know, not arena is going to be really excited about. And, and we all feed off of it. And uh, he plays the game with a great energy. And, um, you know, he, and he's doing it on both ends right now. Is, is there a play that stands out in your mind that you made made here? Uh, a, a dunk, a block, or, or I mean, there have been a few. No, no. I'd say the dunk at Washington. Definitely when we had to play against two NBA caliber players and just a high-level team that was ranked top 25 at this time. And, and describe the dunk. You, you, you jumped from pretty far. You were, pre, you were pretty far from the basket, right? Yeah. Dude tried to take the charge. I pumped fake, went, went middle. Dude tried to step up, and I just, like, in my head, like, I was already knowing I was going to take off. So, like, even though I saw him, I was like, it's, it's it's up there like there's nothing you can really do I'm already I'm going to do it regardless of the result uh, how, how far from the basket were you when you took off I think I was like I probably jumped from outside the lane line <laughs> you, you no kidding wow yeah yeah and did you were you, when, when you're in the air I, I know it happened so fast in a split second did you did you, did you think I'm too far out or, or nah. did, did you ever think you're too far out or <laughs> I don't not really you, you don't so. once I get up I'm like all right I'm already up here. I know what I gotta do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's no real choice at that point, though. But 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 you never take off and say, "Whoa, I I, I jump from too far out." <laughs> never. <laughs> right. um, I, coach talked about it. You're 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 a senior, and you're you're now a leader uh, on the team. How, how do you look at your role, and, and how would you describe your role uh, for this group now? I gotta be in terms of being the leader for this team. I gotta be able to get guys going with my energy and my motor. And also be able to help the new young guys like learn learn the ropes, like understand what they need, what the coaches need from them, and like the expectation that's at hand, and just see me being a, like a model player because I've been through it all. I've been a red shirt. I was on the practice teams, like I was watching on the sidelines. Like I was been through it all, so I was like I can teach them from every aspect. I feel like like every guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm Malik Jefferson's another uh, guy that's played here uh, as long as you, right? Did, yeah. you, did you come in with Malik? And, and he's he's a big. Uh, do you and Malik do you really lean on each other? Is, since you play similar positions and you your experiences are similar. Yeah, that's my road dog. That's my guy. That's my brother. Like I always lean on Malik. <laughs> we the, the front court duo. That's my guy. Always, <laughs> always lean on that guy. Yeah, because your your roommates on 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 the road and stuff like that or. Or sometimes at least <laughs> sometimes he's my roommate in the room okay yeah okay yeah right so, yeah so you guys have a you guys have a have, have a great bond so uh dan uh the, the transfer portal has become a big thing in college basketball i mean and you guys 
have benefited from it, and you've also um, had guys uh, leave for other opportunities here. One, including Damien uh, Jean-Cui, your, your great guard last year, left for left for another opportunity. Well, what's your opinion on the transfer portal? Is it a good thing, bad thing? Just how do you view it? It is college basketball now, you know. So you know the, the way that I view it is that you have to adjust to the times. You have to be able to be flexible. Um, with your approach, you know, I, I said when I took over the job, the, one of the most fulfilling things is to see Anana Poku graduate, to see Malik Jefferson graduate. That's like the great reward because, you know, you're part of that process with them. You see them get the degree. Um, it doesn't happen like that all the time now, and it and it's, it's becoming more rare. Um, but I got into coaching to, to help be part of development, not just as a player, but as, as people. Um, but I also understand – you know, guys trying to do what's best, what they feel is best for them. And, you know, understanding that that's what the, the landscape is now. Um, so, you know, we're just trying to be flexible with it. I don't take, if guys decide to leave, I, I don't take it personal. Um, I just want to do what's best for Mount St. Mary's basketball. But, you know, my mission statement is to graduate young men that feel an attachment to Mount St. Mary's university and to win games NCAA tournament. And so, like, that's that's what, you know, we're working to try to do here. And to do that, you have to get old. You have to be able to get a guy like Nana and a guy like Malik to stay and, and be, be part of it through their completion of their degree. Yeah, do you view it as a positive-negative thing or, in, or you're indifferent to it or just – it's just the way of life now or just because you sort of have to recruit your own roster every year it seems now so yeah in a perfect world you know i'm i much preferred the four three four four you know scholarships you have seniors you're able to replace like, I, I preferred that just because that you know it was guys could see a, a path um to playing time um they could see it but it is the it is the world that we live in and you know you gotta you gotta adjust to it and that's uh that's kind of our approach at the mound here now. Yeah, and you have a couple of transfers on your team, and uh, DeAndre Thomas and also uh, Jalen Benjamin. Uh, tell us about those guys. Uh, DeAndre comes from Samford and uh, Jalen uh, UAB. Yeah, and Messi offers another one who right, came from yeah. GW. So, you know, we have impact guys for our program that we've gone through the portal. We, we don't go exclusively from there, but if we feel like we have positions of need that need to get filled because we have a championship, in our mind, a championship team. And a couple pieces that needed to come and help elevate us that have played Division One college basketball that know it. They've got to be the right uh, fit culturally. They got to be the right fit for the Mount, and um, so that's something that we we do a lot of research in, and um, we we know that those three guys that are transfers, and and even Elijah Elliott, who's a Division Two transfer, um, you know they've played college basketball and they're more physically. Um, and mentally usually ready to, to help from the jump. Yeah, because I think the transfer portal gets a lot of negative media attention. People view it as an inherently bad thing, but but it's not. I mean, teams benefit from it, and they and they lose guys. And, and, and like you say, it's just the way it, the, the way it is now in, 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 in college basketball. So you also have a, a guy that played at St. John's Catholic Prep uh, in uh, in Frederick in uh, Winston Moore. So, so it's kind of cool to have a, a truly local player on the team. Tell us about Winston. Winston is just an elite young man. He's uh, somebody who's improved a ton uh, in a year. He um, does a, a lot for our scout team. He, he brings it every single day. Really good athlete, and he's improved his, his jump shooting. But Winston's a guy that's on um, different committees on campus and just a, a positive light, somebody that brings great energy all the time and someone that we're really appreciative and thankful that he's in our program. Yeah, and um, Amezi uh, uh, is from Germantown. Uh, Benke's uh, Omari's from from Germantown. Is is it important to you to recruit the local area, or I mean, is that is that something you've prioritized? Or 
Yeah, we get, we'll get them from all over. Um, but yeah, I, you know, we were. I, I know you just get, got back from a trip, so yeah. Yeah, no, we we recruit nationally, internationally. Uh, we have guys from um, all over the country on our roster, but uh, we do have some really great relationships with local coaches. We were very close with Nana's uh, head coach at Potomac, and um, close with the guys that you talked about and had recruited um, Mezzi. Uh, previously, uh, Coach Holland had recruited Mezzi. Coach Miller had coached against them, so there's familiarity there. And um, you know, we just want to make sure we're getting uh, the best players that can help elevate our program. But getting the local guys, um, the right ones, is really important to success um, at any program. Yeah, how nice is it to play close to home, uh, Nana? It's it's really nice because I can always have family or somebody like close to the area just to pop up to a couple games and just being able to show their support and show their love that's is that's how it is for me just having people that i know in the area that will be able to come by yeah and how far is it to, to woodbridge how, how how far is the drive from from campus here about an hour hour 20 okay so not even that far <laughs> so, so if you wanted a good home-cooked meal for mom yeah you don't have to drive too far too far to get it right no not really no <laughs> <laughs> right um uh, you guys are the de- defending uh, NEC champs. H- how does the rest of the league look? Just provide a little scouting report, Dan. As talented top to bottom as it's ever been. You know, the one thing that's been an issue for our conference is we've lost a lot of the elite talent that doesn't get old within the league. Um, the league is now veteran, and there's a lot of really good players returning, and there's a lot of good coaches, and um, there's a lot of people that are hungry. And, you know, we were – able to go on the road and beat a Wagner. We were able to go on the road and beat a Bryant. And I know for them that's fueled their fire. You know, they, they felt like they got something taken away from them last year. So you got guys that are motivated. you got talented rosters. You've got really good coaches. Um, so top to bottom, it's going to be one of those deals where if you don't bring it, you're going to get exposed because it's the, the, the talent is there across the league. So um, you, you've got the teams that are going to be successful are the ones that can really be good at – what they're good at and really be possession by possession and, and, and lock into the details because everybody's hungry and, and there is, there is a, probably as good a talent as I've ever seen in the NEC. You, you, you guys weren't, as the defending champs, you weren't preseason number one in, in the league. Does that matter to you? Did you pay attention to that at all? Is that something you, you even mentioned to your guys at all or is that just noise that you, don't, you just ignore? It's, not, it's just out there. It's there, right? It's there. So you have to uh, acknowledge it. And, you know, we, we feel hungry and we believe in our basketball program. And, you know, we, we know that we accomplished something um, last year and, and we have guys that want more. So with that, you know, we, we feel like we have as good a chance as any to, to win and feel like, you know, we, we are the defending champs and looking forward to attacking it again because we're not protecting anything. We're attacking a new goal. Um, but that being said – you know, I, I understand, you know, where they have picked us because some of these teams haven't lost anyone in their rosters and they have good teams. So um, our guys see it. They know it. But, you know, we're just trying to stay focused on, on us and how good we can become because I think everybody in our locker room knows that if we perform up to our capability, um, you know, we can not just get what happened last year. We can get more. Yeah. As players, Nana, how much do you guys pay attention to that stuff? I mean, to a degree, we pay attention to it. We acknowledge it. But, like, as Coach said, we know at the focus at hand is just doing us really well. And we already know that, like, being the team that just came off that win, like, there is going to be a target on the back, whether we like it or not. And we accept that challenge. And we know we got to come every day, every night, come into these games 
with the same mindset as we did as like we never wanted before. Uh, does that add fuel to the fire, though? I mean, here you guys are, the uh, the returning champs. You, you have a lot of guys back from the team, and, and, they're, and they're not – it's almost like you have to prove yourself again. Do you, do you guys – does that fire you guys up and add some fuel to the fire? It does, but it's not like the first time we've been the underdogs. So it's like if they want to count us out, that's up to them. But I feel like the, with the guys we got, we all can go. So every night you just got to step up and show them, like, who Mount St. Mary's is. Right. Uh, the starting five, do we know what that looks like yet, or is that still a work in progress, Dan? Or um... yeah, we 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 know uh, we we know guys that will be be starting. Um, you know, we'll we'll throw that out there at Villanova. It's been really competitive at certain spots, and we have a really good depth, and we have multiple guys that you know could be starting on a lot of rosters, and you know that's the that's the a really good problem to have, and we got uh, really good players, but we you know we returned. Uh, four of our five guys that started the majority of the games last year, and um, we got some some talented new pieces as well. Right, I, I guess eyes will be on the backcourt because people will know what you have up front. So I, I guess that'll that'll be the the big part you you unveil unveiling in Villanova is who who's who's what your backcourt um, rotation is. Uh, keys to the season, Nana, or, or or what for you guys? Defense, defense, like maintaining that identity that that's what we do. We defend. Right. Uh, Dan, I think Nana just hit it on the head. It's identity. Like we have to, we have to have an identity, and that's defense is our core. Like we, we were the best defensive team in the league last year. That has to not just be where it was. We need to get better in that regard. And then I want to be uh, a much better offensive team. I think we have a lot of weapons this year. I think we have a lot of depth. Um, so I, I want to score more points, um, and I want to have an identity on the offensive side, which is a team that. You know, takes a great shot every possession. If we got anything in transition, we want to get out and and play a fun, uh, up tempo style, and uh, you know, and 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 really um, execute and and not turn the ball over. And if we can if we can form our identity on both ends, uh, this team is uh, has a chance to do something really unique here. Uh, when, when you came here, you said we are going to defend. We are going to play defense. Uh, everyone's watching basketball on TV. They're seeing all these points scored. Everyone wants to score. Is, is, is defense, is, is that a hard sell to recruits these days? Well, it's part of the recruiting process. you got to try to get guys that believe in that with you. I was fortunate enough to have a guy like Nana who bought into it and um, has is, was really naturally gifted defensive player to start and then just kept getting better and better and learned. And um, You know, I, I'm a firm believer that you know, in the games where you're not shooting well, in the games that you're not playing um, necessarily your best basketball, you can still win games, especially on the road, if you bring something to the table every night. And that's for us is uh, is going to be on the defense end. And um, you know, we're we're excited to to get a chance to defend somebody else. We've been battling each other for a long time, and now we're ready to go play an opponent and that's coming up here soon but yeah uh, but before we came on uh one, one of your assistants came in with the scouting report talking about uh, the, the game plan for not i just not how excited are you for for tuesday night uh next tuesday against villanova just to just to get out there against someone else i'm really excited i've been ready to play it's my senior year i just want to go out there and just show the world like who i am what i'm made of and like how i compare to like the best of the best yeah and show them that i can, I can stand there with them yeah, well, uh, next Tuesday at uh, Villanova, Mount St. Mary's opens the opens its season, opens the uh, defense of its Northeast Conference Championship, uh, in a game that I believe is on uh, Fox Sports One. 
Uh, then next Thursday, November 11th, the Mount is here against uh, Washington College. The game will be seen on local t- television. It's kind of cool to be on local TV uh, four or five times this year, right? Well, hopefully more. You know, I think they're going to test it out and see where everything stands. But they're they're doing a really nice job of promoting it at WDVM and uh, getting that local coverage. I think is is really important for our program and it's a step forward. Uh, but we are so excited. I know Nana will tell you the same. Like we're we're just we can't wait to get fans back in the arena. You know, last year was unique. We don't ever want to experience that. We want people to be able to see it. And you know, these guys have worked really hard. And guys like Nana who have persevered. Uh, through some tough seasons, um, you know, I, I think this crowd is going to really embrace this team, embrace the guys that they, they remember, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So Thursday night, we hope you can come out uh, and, and check us out, and uh, we look forward to competing at Villanova, but we hope we can get a, a great turnout Thursday and, um, you know, get Not Arena uh, really loud again because there really is few environments in the entire country like Not Arena when it's uh, when it's packed and it's fun, and we want to – we want to keep it there. I remember when we won it last year, Nana looked over to me on uh, the press conference table. He looked over to me and said, it's going to be packed next year. <laughs> and, uh, so we're, we're hoping that that, uh, that comes to fruition and we can have a, a crowd here and, and get it rocking. Yeah, uh, so once again, Tuesday night, Villanova's Fox Sports 1. Next Thursday here in Notarino, Washington College on uh, WDVM, uh, the TV station out of Hagerstown. Uh, Dan Engelstad, uh, Mount, uh, Nana Apoku. Thanks, guys, for coming on. Uh, best of luck this season. Thank you. Had a lot of fun. Thank you, Greg. You're welcome. All right, and thanks all of you for listening. Thanks to uh, Graham Cullen uh, for producing, John Cannon for coming on and talking Frederick County Sports with me, and uh, thanks to uh, everyone, and we'll see you next week back here on the Final Score Podcast. Mm-hmm.